Chapter 10 Display Gwen had given August a wide berth for several weeks. Memories of his actions at the hunt left him nauseous, and seeing glimpses of August in the circles of his own palatial rooms was a reminder that he had taken things too far, that he was out of control. He honestly thought that if he could have gone the rest of his life never seeing August again, it would have been a relief. There were things that he couldn't stand knowing about himself, things that August threw into sharp, unavoidable focus. He told the Troes to accept any orders or demands August might have for new clothing, or anything else, within reason, that he might require, and they, in turn, indicated to him that August had taken up in the room, and was sometimes seen within the lake. Gwen wouldn't have been surprised if August was also keeping out of his way. It had seemed entirely too easy not to see him, and he suspected August didn't want much to do with him, either. But life had always conspired against him. Now he had to seek him out once more, and stared at a tiny liverwort growing determinedly on its vertical surface. He'd held an open court, as he did once every three weeks, but he hadn't expected his mother to step forward, every piece of her hair perfectly in place except for one single ringlet allowed to fall down the side of her neck. She had approached him and asked in the most respectful of ways if Gwen might present the prisoner, August Akushka, to the court, proof that if he was not to be slaughtered, he could at least be cowed. And Gwen had masked his horror at her request, swallowed down his revulsion when the other fay crowed in agreement, and simply nodded. That can be easily arranged, mother. And that would have been the end of it. Bad enough, certainly, except that Golvy had listeners everywhere, and within six hours Golvy had requested a formal audience, and asked that she and Ash be received into the seedy court for this presentation of a cowed and beaten August. "'You want his brother there?' Gwen said flatly. "'I spend hours with my sister every day. She cannot hunt. She cannot feed herself. She cannot fly. She cannot preen. She cannot even be considered a shadow of her former self, because, darling, her very self has wasted to shreds. She will likely never change out of her animal form again. Ash will not like it. But I think he should see his brother alive and as well as you are keeping him. And I, I need to see this, Gwen. For you cannot kill him, as we both understand. Although, la, accidents happen, do they not? You will control yourself within my court, Gwen said, and Gulvy smiled sweetly. But of course, my dear, we are all royalty now, are we not? I would not take a step against you with my remaining sister delivered back to me. I did not mean to imply that I would create the accident, dear me, no. I was only suggesting that these fey courts are dangerous places. Wouldn't it be terrible if you were to— You will not come into this court and tell me that I have made the wrong decision in how to keep my prisoners, whether outright or covertly, Golby. You and Ash are permitted to bear witness to August's captivity, but that is all. And is he keeping well, the fox in the henhouse? Golby said, and Gwen frowned. August was keeping very well indeed. He had free access to water. He was no longer living within a prison cell. For all that Gwen had inflicted himself upon him, August was likely doing far better than anyone could have expected, far better than anyone felt he deserved. Anyone that was, except for Gwen, and likely Ash. The strangeness of that fact was something that Gwen was carefully not thinking about. Ash will want him back within the unseedy court. Golby said, abruptly. 
I can categorically assure you that it is not what will be happening. And if Ash kicks up a fuss about it amongst the Silly Fae, you will be quickly disabused of that notion, and I will remove you both. Everyone knows that the unseely look after their own. I can just imagine the sort of leniency Ash would show his brother. Is it anything like the leniency you showed when you allowed that intolerable creature to live? Golvi said, eyes narrowing. Don't play your games with me, Golvi. I taught you half of what you know. Golvi leaned forwards, her mouth shaping around a comeback, and then in a move that Gwen had grown familiar with, she closed her eyes briefly and shook her head, once, sharply. And it is so, she said. This display, are you sure he will be cowed? It is, after all, August. What if he tries to escape? He may try, Gwen said, unable to even summon a cold smile for emphasis. But whatever his expression conveyed must have been more disturbing, for Gulby subsided. Her energy became less prickly at once. She sighed. I dream of how I would kill him, often, Gulby said, looking up, dark eyes glittering. You cannot imagine, but this is the way it is. The only reason I have not tried is that you found my Jolvia. It is a debt I cannot repay, and one that I do not wish to add to. Gwen nodded carefully, and then tilted his head. It's gotten to you quickly, hasn't it? The politics of it? You're beginning to talk like a queen now. La, it is so fucking tedious, Gwen, Golby exclaimed. One minute I am speaking as I always have, and the next it is verbal contracts, attending meetings. These creatures cannot look after themselves. In lieu of their mothers and fathers, or whatever may have spewed them into the world, they use us instead, no? It seems that way. Yes, it does. And no wild hunts recently. I was sad not to have gotten the chance to ride alongside you. I cannot remember the last time you refused the call. Gwen felt an uncomfortable lump in his throat, but refused to clear it. Colby noticed everything, and for all that he was confident in his abilities to outwit her, it didn't do to hand her fuel by acting as though he'd cancelled it for any reason other than commitments. I, too, regret missing it, Gwen lied. I thought I was making the right decision at the time, but rest assured I will be there for the next. There is no wild hunt without you. None of the other fae will take it up, commanding that energy for the evening. Except August, once upon a time, Gwen thought, and the Raven Prince before him. Gwen didn't know how he'd manage the next one. Memories of his own impromptu hunt laced through him like rough rope. But he'd have to. Many of the battle-hungry fae needed it, and it was a good way of ensuring intercourt cooperation. You are queen now, Gwen said quietly. Have you ever considered taking it up? Golby's eyes widened, genuinely shocked. You could, Gwen continued. I do not mean take over, of course, but perhaps you would like to lead the hunt one day? Golby shook her head at him, horrified. Gwen frowned. He thought he'd done the right thing, offering it. After all, he couldn't keep it up forever. Those at the helm of the wild hunt were supposed to change after a period of time. He'd been conducting the hunt on his own for a long time now. Gwen, I'm not interested in these things. I want the hunt to be fun and fun only. I need it more than ever, now that I have a court, a kingdom. Alas, I am not ungrateful. Here we are, back to court speak, Gwen said, and Golvi's lips thinned. Darling, would you have preferred if I just told you to go fuck yourself? I'm sure Ash will do that plenty for both of us. Ah, Gwen said, blinking, and Golvi smiled wickedly. Watch your back around him, dear one. He will not try anything in your court, 
but just as I have imagined the ways I would put down that water horse, so I am sure that Ash has imagined what you might look like with your guts hanging out. Fantastic, Gwen thought. He has a great deal in common with August, obviously. I did what I had to do, Gwen said, and Golvi laughed, standing. No one is denying that, Seely King. You have even the respect of many of the unseely court for doing what you did, though I doubt you care one whit about what they think of you. Still, you cannot save a kingdom without making an enemy or two, no? No, Gwen said, because that was true enough. Gwen's enemies were innumerable. Granted, he could deal with them all, or at least had been able to thus far. Every enemy except himself, which was another matter he was carefully avoiding thinking about. They continued to converse for a short time. Golby asked for advice on an unseedy court matter, and Gwen offered what he could. After that, she left, and he promised to send a messenger to let her know when the display of August would be. It would have to be soon, because it was not something he wanted dragged out. A short time ago, it would have been something he might have looked forward to, but now he wanted space from his own cruel streak, and this public display was not the way to go about it. Many of the fae could be cruel, some intentionally, some unintentionally. It was a normal part of what it was to be fey amongst so many of them, the acceptance of cruelty, making room for it in the lore. But, for all that it was a liberal wash through him, he hated it. He wanted, for the most part, nothing to do with it. Quinn stepped back from the mossy wall and rubbed at his forehead, before seeking out August. Once he put his mind to it, August was easy to find. Tracking was one of Gwen's skills, practiced for so long that it was well ingrained and unconscious. It was easy enough to focus and find the scent of him, an odd combination of silt and clear water, and from there he found himself wandering into a corner of his own palace that he didn't often visit. It was a more formal space than he was comfortable with, because he thought it was what his parents might expect of him, but his parents had never visited the inner circles of his palace, not even when his father had still been alive and so he decided never to use the rooms. He stepped from mossy floor to floorboards, and wandered down a long, paneled corridor. Arch-stained glass windows let in a muted light which lent the hall a dim, melancholy air. At the end, in a small chamber lined with bookshelves filled with books, August sat waiting for him. Gwen hadn't tried to hide his footsteps, so August must have known he was coming. He wore a deep, green shirt and simple black trousers, his feet were bare. He looked healthier. He must have been making liberal use of the lake. With the shirt covering his shoulder, Gwen couldn't tell if it had healed yet. His own injuries had healed some time ago, but then he had his kingship to thank for that. Should I strip? August said, arching an eyebrow. Gwen shook his head. It shouldn't disturb him that it was the very first thing August asked him. It shouldn't, because that was the precedent Gwen himself had set wasn't it? When had he ever visited August within the seedy court since his imprisonment for anything else other than carnality? No, August said. Am I to be going back down to the cell? Gwen cleared his throat, shook his head again, and August leaned back in his chair. He looked mildly amused. This will be good, then. Gwen looked around the room. There was nowhere else to sit. A public display has been requested, Gwen said more curtly than he'd intended. I think you should appear in your water horse form. It may make it easier. I'm more powerful in my water horse form, August said, eyes narrowing. Who am I meant to be making this easier for, exactly? 
Wynne didn't bother answering that. If August couldn't figure it out for himself, Wynne didn't want to make the reply explicit. The request was a formal one put forward in open court. It must be heeded, and if you do not appear appropriately cowed, there will be consequences. August grimaced. Oh, yes, I understand. I held enough displays of my own while I was king. Gwen nodded and kept his mouth shut. August narrowed his eyes. His dark, thick lashes turned his green irises to a sliver. And who put forward this formal request? Gwen's teeth ground together. Creel of... You could just say, my mother, August said, standing up and watching Gwen with a considering look on his face. It was as August stood that Gwen saw the residual stiffness in his movements. Gwen had spent too long learning the musculature of different fae, too long looking for weaknesses in bodies, in armor, to miss when something was wrong. "'You haven't healed,' Gwen said, and August blinked at him. "'I'm under fae. It will take time. What did you expect? I am, in all actuality, healing rather fast. I was quite injured.' "'Show me,' Gwen said, his heart rate picking up. August frowned at him, and then seemed to think it wasn't a matter worth fighting. He indicated his own shoulder, and Gwen realized that August wanted him to expose the wound himself. Gwen stepped forward awkwardly, nostrils flaring for the scent of infection. He couldn't pick it up, thankfully, and he raised his hands up uncertainly, drawing aside the top of August's shirt. August stood quietly and didn't protest, didn't resist. He watched Gwen calmly, as though this was something they did all the time as though they hadn't been avoiding each other for weeks. Gwen slid back the thin, fine material until he could see where he had pushed the arrow into August's flesh. It was both better and worse than he expected. It clearly was healing, having scabbed over healthily, showing only minimal bruising. But worse, too. It had been a surprisingly deep wound, given how it had been inflicted, and to see evidence of that in the stiffness of August's shoulder was a burden he didn't want, couldn't bear to look at. He hurriedly slid the shirt back into place and took several steps away. "'I'll be chained, I expect,' August said crisply, changing the subject. "'Collared and chained. Led around the court. How do the fay on your side of the fence do it? What, do tell, is the seely version of displaying a prisoner?' "'Collar, chain, led around the court. A period of time where you must wait by the throne, on your knees. That is all.' "'Yes,' August said one side of his mouth turning up in a humorless smile. That is familiar. You will have to obey promptly, Gwen added. People will be expecting subtle rebellions from you. They will look for any and all excuses to increase the strength of their petitions to see you dead. And you get many petitions for my death, do you? August said. Gwen couldn't pick the tone of his voice. Not as many now, Gwen said. Maybe three, four a week. August raised his eyebrows, though whether he was surprised that it was so little, or so many, Gwen couldn't tell. It was then that Gwen noticed that August looked tired. It was strange to see, because he hadn't looked quite so tired down in the cell. But here, and healthier, Gwen thought he could see signs that August wasn't sleeping. His brow furrowed. He didn't understand. "'You do realize that your life would be made a great deal easier if you simply did kill me,' August said, and Gwen nodded. Yes, I'm aware. And so, August said, as though Gwen was a puzzle he couldn't quite work out. You simply like your life being difficult? In my dealings with Ash, I promised you would not be killed. August's face went carefully blank, as it often did at the mention of his brother. 
Quinn was glad for the excuse. The fact was that at the time, he simply hadn't wanted to kill August. It was not something he, for the most part, enjoyed doing, as long as he wasn't on a battlefield. When he was away from the madness that lurked inside of him, he hadn't even wanted August killed when August was at his worst, removing Faye from their homes and killing them indirectly, torturing and tormenting others, imprisoning those who would not listen to him. Execution was the one responsibility that he couldn't get his head around. If he was off a battlefield, he could not do it, had never put himself in positions where he would be expected to. Not until now. Being obligated to constantly explain his decision to every fay that requested an audience with him was wearing. Gwen was also glad for the fact that in mentioning August's brother, August didn't mention that Gwen could have easily killed him during the hunt if August hadn't come up with that disturbingly effective way of snapping Gwen out of the place he'd been in his mind. Was it easy? August said suddenly, and then his face twisted. No, never mind. Was what easy? I find I can't remember what I was going to say, August lied. He lifted his shoulders into a shrug and then aborted the movement quickly, carefully lowering them again. Gwen felt a twinge of response in his own shoulder. He'd sustained injuries when he'd been outer court, and those that were serious did often take at least a few days to heal. Shoulder injuries caused referred pain in the neck, the head, the back, the opposite shoulder. They persisted. Are you ill? Gwen said, and August stared at him. Excuse me? You don't seem very much like yourself. August smirked. Gwen, for you to know that, you would have to have some grasp with who I am, and you don't. It wasn't even intended as an insult. Gwen thought he could tell the difference now. This was just a bald statement of fact, but it jarred Gwen to hear it. He could certainly accept that he hadn't seen August being himself since being a prisoner. That was only natural. And, of course, when he visited all that time ago, he was more inclined than someone who had any right to see August's relaxed, everyday personality. But he had thought that, when they commanded the wild hunt together, maybe... "'I'm not ill,' August continued. "'I've just been informed by my captor that I shall be paraded in front of his crowing court, who all want me very dead.' I'm sure you think that I just blithely accept all that comes my way, but I assure you this is something I am not looking forward to. Me either, Gwen thought. Will you change form? Gwen said, and August frowned. They won't like it. They will want to see my expressions, this face. They will not want to see a... It's not up to them. I'm not asking them what they want to see. Will you change form? August nodded after a long hesitation. You do understand what is at stake here, don't you? Gwen said, and August's lips slanted into a frown. Of course I do. Gwen ran a hand through his hair. They both understood that if August couldn't play along satisfactorily, it would become harder and harder to make excuses for him, to explain why he was being kept alive. It wasn't just for Gwen's benefit that August needed to play the game well this time. It was for his own. I will organize it then, and... When? August said sharply. Are you ill? What? Gwen said, confused. Why would you think that? Three weeks ago you would have been enjoying this. Gwen couldn't think of a response to that. Couldn't deny it, because it was true. Couldn't agree, because he didn't want to acknowledge that reality. Couldn't say that things had changed, because he hardly knew why they had 
or what was happening in his life. He just wanted to get the display out of the way and go back to trying to piece his life back together again. There were times when he felt as though something was too broken, too deeply inside of him, that he could never put it back together again. Usually that reality was easy enough to ignore, but lately it had been a glaring series of rifts and cracks inside of him, all of them spilling the light that so many others loved or admired. He loathed it. I will return, Gwen said, skin crawling. He turned and left the sitting room, made his way back down the hall without a second glance. The next time he saw August again, it would be with a collar, a chain, and a night neither of them were likely to forget in a hurry. Gwen half hoped that August wouldn't be there when he returned a week later. Of course, that would raise more problems than solutions, but there was still that moment when Gwen hoped the problem of the display would just disappear. But August was standing, waiting in the area of Gwen's palace that felt so unlike Gwen that he had already started thinking of them as August's rooms. August's eyes were drawn immediately to the silvery collar and chain. They're too small, August said. They're enchanted to enlarge or shrink, depending on how you appear. They're designed for shapeshifters, Gwen said abruptly. He held up the collar. It was a simple metal band, a magic bronze, lacking decoration of any kind. August's mouth tightened. The fingers of his right hand twitched. Otherwise, he appeared perfectly calm. But Gwen was getting better at reading August, better at knowing when he was the opposite of how he appeared. Things weren't faring much better in the court proper, either. Golvie and Ash had arrived, thankfully without too much fuss from the city court. Proof, Gwen thought, that Golvie and Ash were perfect diplomatic figures for the unseelie court at this time. But it was clear that Ash wasn't quite himself. And when Gwen inquired about it, Golvie took him aside and shook her head. He is drugged. Please tell me you're joking, Gwen said darkly. He must see his brother, but I do not trust him to let this go, no? It is for the best. He is here. He will remember. He will see that August is alive. He cannot react truly. Gwen looked over at Ash, who was standing and staring blankly at what looked like a chair leg, or a point past the chair leg. People will expect Ash to be his usual self, Gwen said, angry, and Golvie laughed at him. No, this is one thing you do not understand, Gwen. Family. People will expect him to be in mourning. Unlike you, we do not snap out of these losses so quickly or easily. Gwen grimaced when he realized that Golby was right. His own stress about the situation had clouded his vision. The only time stress actually worked in his favor was on the battlefield. But if he was stressed during these sorts of political events, he lost sight of the bigger picture. He sighed and nodded abruptly, but the situation still made him deeply uneasy. Seeing Ash numbed and deadened like that, wondering what Golby had given him, didn't make him feel any better about finding the enchanted collar and chain in the first place and wandering down to find August. Just as August had indicated that Gwen should check August's shoulder wound for himself, so he eventually made a gesture that Gwen should put the collar on himself. Gwen stepped forwards and paused, staring down at the metal in his hands. Large crowd, August said and Gwen's eyes flickered up to that piercing, green gaze. Large enough. August nodded calmly, and then he tensed without warning and stepped backwards, staring at the collar with revulsion. August, Gwen said, trying to convince himself that he sounded threatening, not helpless. Oh, I know, 
August said, laughing faintly. I can't seem to help myself. August, I don't want to force this upon you, but if I don't bring you back, and soon, I... I know, August said, unable to tear his eyes away from the collar. I know. Gwen stepped forwards again, and August trembled now, visibly. He turned his face away, stared at a fixed point in the distance. Do it quickly, August said, voice hoarse. Gwen did. He reached around with the collar and snapped it around August's neck, even as August began to twist away. Once there, cold against his lukewarm skin, August's hands came up and tugged on it, tugged again. Gwen used August's redirected focus as an opportunity to attach the chain to the back of his collar. He kept the end of the lead loosely in his hand. Perhaps, under different circumstances, this could have been erotic. Gwen doubted it. This was not one of his kinks. It never had been. He felt cold, but he tightened his grip around the chain all the same. If I am to shift, I want privacy, August said, stiffly. Turn away. I... yes, Gwen said, letting go of the chain and walking several steps backwards before turning and facing the wall. He was worried about putting his back to August, but he didn't think August would try anything on this day, of all days. Gwen had been vulnerable around August plenty of other times, and he didn't think the day that the city court and the co-king and queen of the unseedy court were waiting for him would be the day he staged his coup. But he knew it would come, one day. Gwen felt his skin crawl when August shifted. It was an immense swell of power that destabilized the very air in the room. Gwen turned back, and the large, green-eyed water-horse stared back at him. There was something cold and unutterably alien in those eyes, an expression he never saw in the face of August in his human form. His coat was not as glossy as Gwen remembered, but the last time he'd seen it, August had been at full health. His mane was more lank than usual, and the wound that Gwen had made in his shoulder was now visible for everyone to see. Scabbed over, but larger and more significant. That might be for the best, Gwen thought, for those who expect to see a visibly beaten August. The collar had stretched around August's thick neck, and the chain had lengthened. When Gwen stepped forward to pick up the end that trailed on the floor, August bared sharp, jagged teeth at him. Gwen startled, and August, the Akushka, laughed in that deep, terrible voice. A voice that reverberated through the room, drew its strength from more than just a single body. Gwen shook his head impatiently and took up the chain. Well, August said, amused, awful. Do the blackness. Does your personality change in horse form? Gwen said, shortening the length of the chain and wondering where he should teleport to. It does, August said. I hunger in this form. Gwen took a slow and steady breath. That voice was not the soft, precise voice of August, but a thick, callous growl that resounded through the room. You'd best not speak upstairs in this form, Gwen said, and August laughed muzzle wrinkling in amusement. Are you sure you want me in this form? You know why I asked for this, Gwen said, frowning. Don't make me regret it. August swung his head sideways, swished his tail back and forth once. There are so many things that I will make you regret in the end. August, Gwen snapped, and August laughed. Akushka, he replied voice cracking on the consonants. No, Gwen said, pulling hard on the chain and forcing August into step in front of him. 
the chain was supernaturally strong and though he could feel august resist it with a force that he likely couldn't comprehend the water-horse had no choice but to follow though he followed with a growl you will be august up there are you done is this out of your system if you can't pretend to be a meek tame water-horse change back into your human form and let everyone see how much you enjoy the collar around your neck the Akushka laughed deeply with promise green eyes watched gwen coldly i've had you on your knees i wonder what your organs taste like gwen's mouth thinned as august opened his maw and revealed row after row of sharp teeth designed for ripping and shredding he yanked hard on the chain and august snapped his mouth shut eyes blazing master yourself gwen said or i shall go upstairs and explain that you would not be tamed and ask those present to witness your execution august shuffled on his hooves and his ears flattened against his head unhappily but he kept his mouth shut and didn't say anything else gwen watched for another minute but august stayed still and gwen took a breath it would have to do he didn't have time for anything better and at the end of the day he wasn't the one who stood to lose his life over this if august valued his life he would keep himself under control gwen walked forwards and placed a hand on august's neck feeling a pelt less like horsehair and more like damp sealskin under his fingers he teleported them both to the entrance of the throne room august did manage to comport himself well as soon as gwen stepped forwards hoping against all hope that august would play the game august fell into step to his right a little behind him head lowered and ears forward displaying himself as the meek and subdued water-horse gwen breathed an inaudible sigh of relief gwen did not say anything as he made the circuit around the throne room he looked grimly at everyone who he passed weighing their expressions their judgments several fay quailed away from his gaze and he realized that without his driacht he was coming across as far more grim than usual in the end he decided that was for the best they were almost to the throne itself when someone one of the smaller fay no doubt threw a rock at august it hit him square on the flank gouged a wound into his skin he started oozing his red blood with its distinctive oily sheen august froze nostrils flared and everyone held their collective breath as august's muscles bunched beneath his skin gwen made a quick decision he couldn't afford to attempt to expose the fay who had thrown the rock publicly not when everyone looked like they wanted to do the same or worse it was against fay law to attack another fay publicly within a court particularly a throne room but these were extenuating circumstances if he challenged the attacker he would be doing the right thing but he would look sympathetic to august he had to keep august moving and pretend that not only had he noticed but that he condoned the action and would let it slide that his sympathies were with his court he pulled august along quietly stared at the throne knowing that if he could just get there get august laying beside him this would be over soon enough august balked once more head flying up and eyes widening he huffed out a deep breath of shock gwen dreading that august was about to make a break for it followed his line of sight and felt his insides turn cold ash ash who was staring at august like he hardly recognized him with a numb indifferent expression on his face and gwen realized with horror he'd forgotten to warn august that he'd even be there it had simply flown out of his mind august couldn't tear his gaze away his body shivering with recognition august was attuned to his brother's energy 
and Gwen realized that August was waiting for a response, for acknowledgement, for something. And he wasn't going to get it, because Ash was drugged. Golvy was staring spite at August next to him. Gwen tugged hard on the chain, and August stumbled into step behind him, more through the power of the chain and Gwen's strength combined than anything else. His front hooves clattered against the hard stone ground as he found his feet again, and then August continued along behind him as though nothing had happened. Gwen expected August to keep staring at Ash, but August's head didn't swing around again. He looked at nothing in particular as Gwen sat down on his accursed throne. August folded his legs weakly beneath himself, lay down on the thin rug provided, and bowed his head until his muzzle was almost touching the stone. He closed his eyes. He laid his ears back. Gwen kept his expression neutral, but there was something in August's body language that disturbed him. His eyes sought out Ash's numb expression, then Golby's. Golby only smiled sharply at August, appreciation for seeing him so cowed. Gwen couldn't begrudge her that. She'd lost more than he could ever fully understand, and he knew a little of loss, how it changed someone. But still, he'd never felt more aware of how alien he was within his own court. He didn't enjoy things like this. Even with his cruel streak, even with the family curse, he just didn't enjoy these things. His upbringing made him more perfectly suited for these public displays than anyone could ever know. And yet... Gwen forced his features to adopt an expression of cruel amusement as he stared out into the crowd. It wasn't hard. He only had to think about how he felt about the irony that he was doing this to August when he felt utterly trapped, and the smirk came. He was pathetic. The Fae mingled amongst themselves. Almost no one came up to Gwen. Several Fae passed closer, like they wanted to, but either Gwen's expression was truly forbidding, or August's reputation was such that even cowed and chained and presenting himself as subdued as possible kept people away. Maybe it was the combination. Gwen imagined that seeing the ex-king of the Unsealy Fae beaten by the king of the Seely Fae was probably daunting. His mother came up, though. She kneeled at his feet in a way that was all about poise and perfect posture, and not at all about actually prostrating herself before the king. She straightened without his permission, didn't look at August once. It seems you have tamed him, after all. Then there was doubt, Gwen said, stiffly. But of course, son, you have never dealt with prisoners of this nature before. It was only natural that there should be doubt. Gwen's expression was neutral now. It had to be. His mother followed the gossip that best positioned her in the courts. She was dangerous. Appearance mattered more to her than anything, and if there were rumors that Gwen couldn't manage August, Gwen laughed at himself, wherever did they get that impression? Then she would align herself with those. Perhaps she even started them, seeding conversations about her weaker son, the one who was such an able warrior, but not so perfectly suited for kingship. Gwen knew then, with chilling certainty, that she had likely organized the attack on August during the display. If August had reacted in any other way, if he had charged or fled or even growled at the injury, the petition for his death would be official, witnessed, and Gwen would have to heed or lose the faith of his supporters. Now she couldn't request execution without looking as though she didn't appreciate Gwen's methods, and Gwen had clearly, from this display, done a more than satisfactory job. I dare say that's a point to me, mother, Gwen said to himself. Look at him. 
Gwen said aloud, rubbing it in. He couldn't help himself. Let that dispel your doubt. Gwen's mother shrewdly narrowed her eyes at him. Then she directed her perfect blue gaze, unusually azure, over to August for the barest of seconds. His mother was blonde-haired and blue-eyed like he was. He had received her curly hair, her paleness. His angular face and body came from his father, his voice, too. But Gwen wasn't like her. He wasn't perfectly put together. His eyes were paler than usual for the family blue. His hair didn't do anything it was supposed to do, ever. His body felt too large, too awkward. He had never quite grown out of a clumsy adolescence, even though he wasn't actually clumsy. Not often, anyway. Sitting in front of her, in a throne he hated and avoided, he didn't feel like a king. He felt like looking over her shoulder to see if his father was going to enter the room with that sour, unhappy look on his face. But no, father was dead. Of course, Gwen's mother said smoothly. But how could anyone doubt your abilities now? I'm sure you'll find a way, mother, Gwen thought. The look she gave him made his mouth dry. The snakes in his court were, more often than not, his family. His mother had allies, those who envied her status, her looks, her poise, the family name, the generations of Seely that his family had thrown, and all of them respected within the court. Every one of those allies, right now, would likely be studying August closely, looking for a sign of rebellion. Gwen was grateful they wouldn't find one. August was being more well-behaved than Gwen could have dreamed possible. He hadn't imagined, when the water-horse form had first stepped forwards, that August could be like this. And later, he decided, he could reward himself by spending time with August. He could relieve his own stress. He could... Gwen blinked and swallowed, revulsion creeping up through him on cold fingers, pressing tacky, direct prints into his lungs. It passed in a wave, and he exhaled through his nose carefully. He couldn't. August was his prisoner, and he still couldn't. The hunt had changed everything. He didn't want... He didn't want that. Gwen sighed and settled himself into the throne, hoping the next two hours passed quickly. August remained meek as Gwen led him back to his rooms. He refused to change back into human form even when they were well away from the throne room and safely back within Gwen's palatial rooms. That was when Gwen realized, belatedly, that something was wrong. He knew that if he'd trusted his instincts, been more focused, he would have started keeping a sharper eye on August earlier. But his own mind had been so scattered of late, he was missing crucial things. He was missing too much. Once back in August's rooms, he hurriedly took off the collar, placed it onto a clean desk. He stared at August, who was not watching him, but had his head low to the ground already, ears drooping. August, change back, Gwen said, stepping away and turning around. An abrupt energy shift, and Gwen turned back. He stilled. August wasn't standing. Didn't look poised. He was kneeling on the floor, shoulders bowed. Gwen could still smell the blood from the wound that had been inflicted upon him within his throne room, an act that even now filled Gwen with a cold rage. From what Gwen could see of his face, he had the same stare that he had seen too many times during war. He was more than familiar with a thousand-yard stare. Gwen knelt in front of August, twisting so he could see August's face better. He'd done the wrong thing. He'd completely forgotten to tell August about Ash and Gulby being there. And Ash's reaction? 
or complete non-reaction, had done damage. August had become unusually placid after that. Gwen reached forwards and hooked his index finger under August's chin, drawing his head up. August went with the motion without protest. His eyes stared right through Gwen. It sent a chill down his spine. It's over, Gwen said, knowing it for the lie that it was. The display was over. Nothing else was. August was still his captive. His mother had the right to request another display in about a year. No doubt she would. And she could continue requesting them every year after, until a mistake was made and she could request August slaughter while using the event to undermine Gwen's kingship. Ash was there, August said quietly, his voice nothing like that of the water horses, not even like his usual voice. The words were clumsy. Yes, Gwen said. He didn't. August's vision cleared somewhat, and he blinked Gwen into focus, then jerked away, standing quickly. I would like to go back to my cell, August said curtly, and Gwen was shocked at the sudden change in his demeanor, at the words. I beg your pardon? I would like to go back to my cell, August repeated, quieter now. August, you... I think I will lose sight of something important up here, August said looking at Gwen from underneath thick lashes, a strange, unusual vulnerability in his eyes. But Gwen could read the sureness, too. August wanted to go back. He wanted to give up the lake, the new rooms, the ability to order clothing, everything. Gwen wanted to feel indignant. He wanted to feel frustrated at August's lack of gratitude. Instead, he reached forwards and placed his hand on August's shoulder and pulled them both into the cell. Once there, August looked around, and then sat down on the tree root he usually inhabited when Gwen visited. His gaze went empty again, his mouth set in a slight frown. His hands were folded limply in his lap. He looked exhausted. No, Gwen realized. He looks sad. You need some rest, Gwen said. After that, I'm not sure you should stay down here. He needed to go back upstairs. He was only supposed to be dropping August back before going to the throne room again. They would be expecting him. He didn't have the time or skill to figure this out. He wasn't like August. He couldn't see into the heart of a matter during occasions like this. He couldn't fix this. Ash drugged upstairs, August downstairs looking like he'd taken too many hard hits to the head. It's been a long day, August. I'll be back soon enough to check on you, okay? August didn't respond and Gwen had to leave. He swallowed down bile and forced himself back to the court where the others were waiting to commend him on a job well done. He felt more and more like he didn't belong in any part of his life.